Welcome to our Simply Sustainability podcast presented by Clarisys. In this series, we look at what can sometimes be the intimidating topic of sustainability and break it down into digestible, bite-sized chunks to help you on your way to a more sustainable future. This podcast episode is to introduce an exciting collaboration between the experienced consulting firm Clarisys and Hubbub, an organisation who runs creative campaigns to encourage positive everyday actions for the environment. Now we're going to delve a little bit deeper and discuss more about organisations and the importance of employee engagement, employee knowledge, sharing, motivations, but first of all, just wanted to introduce ourselves. So Sarah Divill, could I ask you to introduce yourself? I'm from the environmental charity Hubbub. I'm a creative partner there um, and I'm here today to talk a little bit about the work that we do with companies all across the UK. Amazing. Thank you. And, And Sam? Thanks, Sarah. So I'm the sustainability lead at Clarisys. So leading all of our work with clients to help them improve their impact on people and planet and ensuring that we are as positive a contributor to society and the environment as possible internally as well. Awesome. And I'm Sarah Hammond. So also work at Clarisys, a senior consultant, currently studying my master's in sustainable development and very passionate and dedicated to the space. So Sarah, it'd be great if you could just tell us a little bit more about Hubbub, the work you do in the sustainability space and all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So Hubbub is an environmental charity and we were set up about, I'm going to say six years ago now, feels like a long time, but it was set up by three co-founders who had been working for different organizations in the space for a while and felt like there was a space and a kind of need for an organization that really spoke to the mainstream public about sustainability. I think at the time, a lot of the language that was being used around sustainability was quite complicated and jargon heavy. There was a lot of focus on things like your personal carbon footprint and lots of numbers, and it was a bit dry. And the other side of the spectrum was kind of polar bears floating off into ice. So, you know, something that was happening really, really far away or something that was quite complicated. So they wanted to set up an organization that was more about people's everyday lives and connecting them with sustainability in the small moments in your day where you can make changes that seem small but actually add up to be something quite impactful so we wanted to engage people through things they're really passionate about so through food through fashion through the homes they lived in through the neighborhoods that they're a part of to try and get people to see how these small changes can really have a positive impact on you personally and your family as well as for the environment so we run campaigns on Honestly, all sorts of things. um, A couple of the ones that I think we're really proud of, one is a community fridge network. We have a network of community fridges all across the UK that are run by people in their local communities. So we have over 100 fridges and the idea is that anyone can leave food and anyone can take it away. So it becomes uh, a really easy to access site where people can you know if they're going on holiday and they need to clear out their fridge they can make sure that it doesn't go to waste they also link up with supermarkets in the local areas and as well as sharing food it teaches people how to cook some of them have allotments it's a place where people can go you know once a week they know they're going to see the same faces and have started to build a little bit of a community around it so we're really proud of that one and the other one is uh, community calling where people can donate their old iPhones that are sat lying around in drawers and probably destined for landfill um, and they get refurbished and sent on to people in the community who are digitally isolated. So both of those projects I think are something that can be really good for you personally can also be good for the planet. Definitely and that was absolutely amazing to hear about and I think you touched upon a couple really important aspects one being how important language is 
for it to be both accessible and not intimidating because I don't think it can be underestimated how much that can actually throw people off from getting involved having the discussion or even being able to see how it relates to them so I think that's a massively important area that sustainability has to be really aware of and the second one about the food kitchens I think is a really good example of how much community is part of sustainability and how by helping the environment and reducing food waste actually is a massive opportunity for the community to get together and increase social well-being and it's those stories I think that really are a good representation of all of the aspects that sustainability encompasses but those sounds like absolutely incredible initiatives as well so thank you for telling us about them. Yeah I think you touched on two really interesting points there, actually just on the language one I've been researching this for a different project at the moment but thinking about how the way that climate change is spoken about in the press changes how we feel about it. And I found out that in 2001, a person in the Republican Party decided that they should switch from using the word global warming to climate change because it sounded less urgent. It sounded like something that was happening quite passively, whereas global warming sounded like something that needed to be treated more urgently. And it was also decided that they would focus on the um, indecision in the scientific community. So at that time, uh, they were still saying things like 99% of scientists agree that climate change is real. So focusing on that kind of 1% of doubt rather than focusing on the action of what needed to be done. So I think that years of real misdirection and a misunderstanding of what was happening to our climate has meant that for a long time, and especially when I started, which was, I started to help up five years ago. And I think that people were far more openly skeptical about climate change then than they are now. And there's been a real shift in the way that people talk about it, especially in the press where you'll see climate emergency and red alert for humanity, which five years ago, I think would have been pretty unimaginable. Just just on that, Sarah, I think that's so interesting. And one of the things that I can really see changing is the ability for the media to communicate really complex sustainability pieces, be it around carbon budgets or um, around biodiversity loss, relatively technical in much more digestible ways. And I think that's really accelerated in the last six months as well, with most of the mainstream media building up towards COP uh, and beyond. They're making it much easier for people to understand if we think about historically that the main people leading the, the the fight around climate change and other environmental pieces being scientists and charities, it's great that this is coming into the mainstream in both really educational but also interesting ways and the media really taking hold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and now the movement is being led by school kids, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's, um, it's definitely easy to digest. And I think that that's definitely why Hubbub decided that they wanted to set up to make it really relatable. And I think there's an echo there in what companies can do for people by digesting really complicated information and being able to present it in a way that's really useful and helpful to people because you've got the time and resources to be able to do that in a way that employees might not in their personal lives. I think this is a really nice link, actually, in terms of how Clarisys works in the sustainability space and how passionate we are about making it achievable, making it doable, breaking down that strategy into a transformation roadmap and really helping our clients on their journey. And Sam, I think it would be great to hear a little bit more about sustainability at Clarisys, some of the work we've been doing and, and how we want to help our clients. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. So you hit the nail on the head in terms of Although things are getting more understandable in terms of the core concepts that sustainability might cover, a lot of our clients or the organizations out there 
are now going through that transition of okay we get what sustainability means but what do we do where do we start how do we prioritize so the big thing for Clarisis is one for those people who are still working that out helping them with that strategy and building out the roadmap so thinking through which of areas of sustainability are most material to them how that applies to different areas of their organization and how we can integrate that into their roadmaps, their plans that they're already in place or where we need to create new initiatives and new frameworks, et cetera. We're also really related to the, the work that Hubbub are doing and um, trying to work with clients on their skills gap. So understanding how they need to redesign their organizations to be more sustainable, how they need to rethink the teams, the people, the skills that they need to have as an organization to make decisions in more sustainable ways, considering the um, environmental and social impact, which is such a diversion from what a lot of people have have had to do in the past. The, the drivers in the decision-making were normally customer experience related or um, cost drivers or revenue generation. Now we want to be helping clients with how to build people who are able to, to factor sustainability considerations into their decision-making. And then some of the, the other areas, we've got quite a broad pool of services that, that we're offering in this space. We're helping clients with their, their sustainability reporting. So gathering data, making it usable at the right times to inform decisions. We are helping clients with their circularity. So understanding their resource and waste across the organization and how they can reduce that resource use, how they can think about waste differently. And we're really trying to help clients think about their customer experience as well. So how can they rethink the way that they offer their products or services to customers today to one, ensure that customers know the sustainability credentials of what they're offering, can make effective decisions, but can also participate in that process. So can actually make sure that they are doing the right things to make it a fully sustainable journey. You can offer a great product to a customer, but unless they're engaged with potentially returning it at the end or reselling it at the end, then actually can you really claim for it to be a fully sustainable and circular way of doing things? So those are the areas that we're helping clients with at the moment. Uh, we've been doing some really exciting work with a pub chain, Peach Pubs, where we're helping them with understanding how they communicate their sustainability to their network. We helped a number of charities with their their sustainability strategy and helping them understand what's material to them and where to start. We're just starting a big piece of work with a client around their carbon emissions reporting and helping them understand how best to automate and integrate their carbon emissions reporting process to make it as effective and streamlined as possible, which is a challenge that we're all going to face over the next couple of years. Just to touch upon, there's so many different things in that, which is really exciting, but I think one of them in terms of reporting is really important, not only for an organization to be able to see where they need to make change, where they are now making change, but also because there's that demand now from customers and from employees to see that the proof's in the pudding in that they can't just say eco anymore. And it comes down to that language piece, but actually wanting to see the numbers and seeing the real impacts that companies and organizations are having on the planet. I think there's that real demand from both customers and employees at the moment, which is making reporting such a vital aspect to how an organization runs their sustainability practices. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that was in my mind as Sarah was talking through the community aspect of the work that they do is there's the reporting piece in terms of 
the reporting that we need to do for accreditation to meet um, legislative requirements. But there's a wider piece about how you communicate with one, your employees, your customers, but also the, the communities that you work with and around. So actually helping them understand what you offer, how you can support the local communities is a really important piece for us because we want to move people beyond an understanding of corporate social responsibility where you engage with the local communities once, twice a year through a volunteering initiative and more about having an integrated dialogue with communities through your work. So I'm really interested to, to explore that with Hubbub as we build our relationship with them. Great. Thank you, Sam. And I think that touched on quite an important sustainability point of this ecosystem of partners and enabling wider perspectives in decision making is a really, really important core part to make sure that all stakeholder perspectives actually being taken on board. And I think it'll be great to hear a little bit more from you both about Hubbub and Clarice's shared vision and goals. Why are we a good partnership? Why are we working together? Sarah, it'll be great to, great to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll dive into that. But before I do, I wanted to pick up on something that you said, Sarah, which was about a desire from employees and from people and from employers to show that they're being more sustainable and that becoming such a big part of why people are choosing to go to organizations or to move to organizations because they think that they have got strong ethical practices because they really believe in the mission of the organization I think is becoming far more important for people so it's really heartening to see that that is becoming a reason why people make such a big decision like changing jobs or moving to a different organization so this is really an amazing time to be able to show people inside and outside of organizations that you know you're trying to make a difference that you have these values embedded in what you're doing which you guys do so clearly but I think it's becoming more important for a lot of businesses and I didn't know whether you've seen that with other businesses that you work with that it was starting to become a bigger consideration. I think probably the best example is how we're seeing it within Clarisys at the moment in terms of when it comes to our sustainability proposition there was such a clear demand and motivation from everyone within the business to want to do this type of work and equally from those who've recently joined on our graduate scheme and recently joined the business, you can see that real passion in everyone to want to contribute. So I think organizations having a really similar experience. And I mean, there's been a lot of analysis and reporting that people would choose an organization with more purpose driven strategy over a job that would actually pay more. So I think it is becoming far more common, but also more felt and a little bit more spoken about. Just to add to that, so we're working with a number of charity clients who work in the not-for-profit sector. A lot of them are seeing that people are not just comfortable now with saying, I'm working for a charity that's delivering a great purpose. They're also asking the fundamental questions of how are we operating as an organization that has environmental and social considerations woven through everything that we do. And I think that's really interesting because it's now not enough for people just to be contributing to a, a purpose. It's also making sure that it's credible and trustworthy through everything that organization does. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really, really good point. And I guess it's starting to widen how people feel about ethics and sustainability. But it's very interesting. I could talk about it all day. But um, to go back to your earlier question, which was about why you think that Hubbub and Clarices are a good match for this. And I think there are actually loads of similarities in the way that our organisations work and our outlook on things. But I think one of the key ones is collaboration and the way that 
that we work at Hubbub is certainly very collaborative and I know that it is for you guys as well but really looking at what is the power of you know all of these people that we're bringing together and all of these different organizations that we're working with how can we multiply an effect that we're having on one small part of sustainability by getting more and more people involved and by inspiring the other organizations that we're working directly with listening to them about what's important to them and what they need learning from that and then using it to help another organization and i think the impact that you can have with that is really incredible i also think that the the tone that we speak to people with is quite similar in a way that it's it's not patronizing we're trying to give people the best information possible in the most digestible way and even though we're working in quite different sectors i think that's probably true for both of us, if you agree. Yeah, I think that's um, spot on. We certainly like to be human. And I think one of the things that we really collectively value, the same as Hubbub, is this sense that actually for sustainability, it's, it's, it's all about people. It's about people changing their behaviors, changing the decisions that they make when they are in positions of responsibility and power. And to do that we need to understand those people we need to, to, to influence them in the best way primarily through education so that's why i think for us part of our consulting approach around sustainability is non-judgmental is about raising aspiration and educating people about what's possible and what they could do and being able to show them why they should do it as well so what's both the commercial case the business case but also the broader environmental and social case for doing it and i think that is quite shared in terms of us both wanting to go through that with the people we work with a hundred percent and i really like what you said there about it being non-judgmental because i think that's so important and a reason why a lot of people maybe get turned off from changing their habits or being more sustainable because i think for a while it felt like people were going to be told off if they were doing the wrong thing or um there was a judgy atmosphere to the way that people were talking about sustainability, whereas actually giving people the autonomy to make the decisions that are best for them with all the information available means that it becomes a much more fun experience and it becomes something that is more likely to last than if somebody feels judged or you know, feels like they're being shamed into making a decision. I don't think it's as impactful if some, as if somebody chooses that path for themselves and figures out that actually... They can't be vegetarian because it doesn't work for them, but they can cycle to the shops on a Saturday and being able to make those choices. Definitely. And and it's all about taking a step rather than no step, isn't it? And forming those habits as, as people, but also habits within organisations who need to drive that systemic change. If you do something, it becomes far easier to do more rather than doing nothing. And I think it goes in cycles as well. I think rarely do we ever organizationally or personally make a change and then we're like, great, that's done. We never have to think about that again. We're all going through this constant process of how did that go? And we'll review that and maybe we'll make a few tweaks and try something different. So it's a constantly evolving process rather than something you can tick off and say you've done it. A hundred percent. Definitely agree with that. And so I think we've spoken quite a lot about why Clarisis and Hubbub are quite similar, the values we share and some of the great conversations we've been having of our sort of shared passions and view on how we can get involved and work in the sustainability space. But I also just wanted to take a moment to talk about some of the fun stuff we've been doing as well. So we've been working together on quite a number of different events. So the first one that we kicked off with was a plastic fishing trip that Hubbub organised for us. And this was where a team of Clarisis individuals went out on boats that were actually made from 
recycled plastic and fished uh, plastic items from out of the Thames. It included some games as well as some informative information about recycling and plastic waste. What I really loved about it was not only it was quite a team bonding experience and seeing the actual real impact that you're having on somewhere where you live, but was also the background to plastic fishing, which was led by a community and a dad from that community school. The kids were just sick of seeing plastic floating in the rivers. And he said, well, I'm going to try and turn it into a boat. He managed to turn it into a boat and now he's having a massive impact across organizations and and for that school. And I think it's just an amazing story of how one person and one small group of people can actually drive a, a massive change. And in addition to that, a whole host of other events. So we have Home Run, which is enabling employees to make their home office and their home office set up more green and also other things such as have yourself a green Christmas workshop. And I think this is quite a nice segue into just talking about employee engagement and why is employee engagement important in terms of sustainability? What does it mean? How does it differ to maybe other types of employee engagement? And would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, really, really good question. And uh, I'm jealous that you've got to go out on the boat. I haven't been out plastic fishing for a couple of years now, and it's always such a fun day. I'm so nice seeing people, you know, really, you're really seeing the like practical effects of stuff that we've been talking about for a while, because you know, like we all know that plastic in rivers and oceans is bad, but I think when you are the one who is going and picking it out of the river and you're sat on this beautiful boat, especially when the sun is shining in, you can see how gorgeous it all is. It becomes so much more real when you see it all there. So making it real for people, I think, is a really important part of that day. And in terms of why I think employee engagement is really important is because I think what we were talking about earlier, it's a community. It's a space where the same people regularly come together. You're working together and learning together. So being able to create a shared system of values and know that you're working together to do everything you can to be more sustainable, which is something people are caring about more, making sure that your employee well-being is being looked after. It's all part of helping people feel like they're part of a really tight-knit community of people who have the power to make change. And I think there aren't many of those spaces in our lives where the same group of people come together every day um, and are working together and learning together. So it's a real gem of an opportunity to be able to engage a lot of people in one message and spark debate and get people chatting and maybe get people speaking to somebody they haven't spoken to before in the office. We found that with some other programs we've run where somebody from finance and somebody from admin and somebody from uh, sales all have this shared interest or probably might not have spoken um, unless there were these kinds of programs being run. So really giving people the opportunity to do something they might not have thought that they had could be able to do before and meet new people within their organizations and also feel really empowered because they've been able to make a change where they work and that might spiral on something else. You know, somebody who petitioned their office to install really good recycling and then it gets done and they get that sense of achievement. Maybe they go on to then do something within their neighborhood where they live or within where their kid goes to school. So I think giving people the power to make changes in their lives shows you how it can spiral onto other places and really inspire them. I think that's such a, an interesting answer, Sarah. As you were speaking through it, it's so critical to give people those 
visceral experiences that that plastic fishing did so people being able to see the real impact of it close to home and i think the thing that i would say from clarice's perspective is, is this stuff is great and we were really committed to it but we want it to be part of a suite of things that we're doing and i think it's the same for every organization is actually we need to move really really quickly in terms of making organizations more sustainable so the engagement piece is really critical but there's also the things that we're doing around education so giving people the real tools to do things like role design making sure that people have the right responsibilities changing processes all those things which are kind of really important which will help deliver the changes that we require but engagement is part of that suite your responsibilities may have changed your role may have changed you may have to be doing processes different ways but then you do the engagement piece to make it seem important to get people bought into it to help them understand the wider cause and and, and case we're doing things in a different way so it's, a, it's part of a suite is how I, I see it I definitely agree with that Sam and also would just add I think that employee engagement in organizations is so pivotal to ensure that change actually lands and sticks in some cases there's going to be some slightly trickier decisions in terms of balancing sustainability within an organization travel policies for example and other policies that are going to need to change and it's going to be really important to make sure employees feel engaged consulted involved and part of that process part of the decision making process what's gone into that to enable them to actually feel motivated and like it's the right decision to be made and I think that through that process is a knowledge sharing piece I think we probably saw it some years ago with digital which was quite the buzzword and there actually was often reported quite a skills gap within an organization and I think the relationship between employee engagement and knowledge sharing is a really close one in terms of increasing individuals confidence in understanding sustainability using the concepts, feeling confident to speak about it is really important as well. Yeah, completely agree. Definitely on the same page there. And I guess, Sarah, can I just ask you a question about the engagement work that you guys do with various organisations? What sort of feedback have you got about the impact that that's had on the way that people then go and work within their organisations? We've worked with a lot of different organisations on sustainability, trying to engage employees through weekly challenges that we run or one-off events like the plastic fishing. But I think one really good example is KPMG. So we've been working with them on various projects, but this one they took on what we call the Live Savvy Championship. And it was over lockdown. So while people were trapped in their homes, and I think organisationally they were starting to think about what's the environmental impact of people being at home versus being in the office where it's easier to control they can tell how much energy is being used they know how much rubbish is being produced by their employees which when everyone's suddenly gone home you don't have that data anymore and it might be using more energy there might be more rubbish being produced and there's no way to track it so we ran the live savvy championship which was to give people challenges on how to make their homes more sustainable while they're working from home um, i think we had about 250 people sign up and they did all kinds of challenges over three weeks so they saved 4,500 litres of water by getting water saving devices for their homes they planted 31 plant pots up in their houses and they were doing things like checking care labels on their fashion they were swapping to plant-based meals they donated 7,600 smartphones so all of these things done by an amazing group of people but 
they made such a huge change to all of their lives and had a massive impact collectively in quite a short space of time. And I think that's what we're trying to do with all of the companies that we work with, find ways to make it really exciting, find ways to make it super relevant to their everyday lives. And I think that that impact then goes on to help them inspire their colleagues to get involved. They Some of the places that we work with have specialist green teams that meet every week to think about how the company can be more sustainable or just talk about things that they're interested in. So I think that it can have a legacy after the initial challenges that we run because it then goes on to be embedded in everything that those employees are doing moving forward, whether that's inspiring their colleagues or bringing it into projects that they're running themselves. That sounds incredible and a massive impact as well. To what extent do you think that that gamification, almost slightly competitive aspect to it, is motivating for people? What What's the key motivators for sustainability within the people space? Oh, massively. I'm really glad you asked that question, actually. That's a good one. So Hubbub, when we first started, we really looked into behaviour change techniques and what is a theory of change? How do you get somebody from, oh, that's quite interesting, to I'm actually going to cut out meat from my diet three times a week. There's quite a big journey that people have to go through to make these changes in habits. And I think by adding gamification to it or making it a competition, it suddenly then becomes more social. It becomes more about you having fun with your colleagues than about the actual thing that you're doing. So your motivation for doing it might be so that you can get to the top of the leaderboard or so that you can beat the guy that you sit next to at your desk. But maybe three weeks in, you find that actually you're really enjoying the change and it's something that you might not have given a go before. So it's about finding that motivation for people. And that's what I was talking about right at the beginning where we said, I know sustainability isn't everybody's top priority. Everyone's got lots and lots of things that they're that they're worried about or that they're interested in. So if you can find that thing that really hooks them in, which might be making sure that you can meet your coworkers, or it might be that you want to make a green space for your kids outside your house, or it might be that you want to save a bit of money. There are so many reasons why people might make these changes. And I think definitely in an office environment, making it a competition that people can keep an eye on and they can tease each other about and they can have fun while they're doing it is such an important way of bringing people together and getting people who maybe have never even thought about sustainability involved, but they're getting involved because they want to win. (laughs) And then maybe along the way, they realize that actually some of these things are quite easy to do. They might really enjoy them. And the change happens that way, rather than saying, we think that you should make these changes and here's how you do it. Because for a lot of people, it just won't be interesting enough. Definitely. I I think that was a key thing there as well about decreasing the pressure from it creating this gamification and this social activity of it decreases that pressure and I think therefore is far more likely for people to be receptive to that knowledge or even create that habit by proxy they don't realize that they continue to do it after the game because they've actually just enjoyed it whereas when there's this pressure or almost guilt element to it it can often put people off from even listening or wanting to be part of it. So we have something which some people might have seen called the ballot bin because it went viral very strangely, but it was one of the first products that we created at Hubbard because we were commissioned to try and clean up cigarette litter on Villiers Street, which is right outside Embankment Station. A lot of my colleagues spent a couple of weeks hiding behind the bins on Villiers Street trying to work out 
who was throwing cigarette butts on the ground, who are the kind of people who we need to target with these behavior changes and found out it was during that time because it was the World Cup. It was a lot of young men standing outside the pub at halftime and there was nowhere really to put your cigarette butts. There were a few cigarette bins, but you had to do a bit of a walk to get to them. So we made the ballot bin, which was a gamified bin essentially where you could vote with your cigarette butt. And we were asking people questions about the games that were happening that day. So you could vote on who was the best footballer in the world, who you thought was going to win the football match. And then we've taken it to other places where you can vote on who do you think is going to win the election or what's the best reality TV show. And people want to participate in the vote. And they're not necessarily thinking about the fact that they're not littering their cigarette, but it's a really secondary thing to that. I really want to get involved in this vote because I want to make sure my favorite team wins. So I think that's an example of why it's important to make things fun rather than just telling people what to do. Just in that, Sarah, I was just thinking back to when I did my master's degree and my dissertation was around the drivers for people engaging in eco-entrepreneurship and what drove them to getting involved. Um, and particularly one of the things there was one of the key drivers was around basic exposure to problems. So one, being able to see the impact, which I guess is what we were trying to do for the plastic fishing thing as well, but also exposure to nature, to the environment in other ways, and then being able to relate that to then damage was one of the key drivers. But one of the other things that I think is really important that I took from that dissertation experience was the people kept recalling this element of shared experience. So be it with their kids or the other way with siblings or other members of the family and friends, having that shared experience, which was around exposure to environmental damage or social inequity was really important and helped it stick in their brain and motivate them was that element of something that's shared. And I think that can be created in a, in a working environment. It may not necessarily be as powerful as your son or daughter asking you about why is the world going to be on fire or anything like that but having something shared with employees that you can then all keep each other accountable becomes part of the the discourse at work it is almost as equally as powerful i really love that that notion of a, of a shared experience i think it does lend itself as well to the social aspect of sustainability and and almost driving new traditions and when you were talking then about the drivers for people and the shared experience element of it, I started to think about almost this notion of sustainability, meaning you have to be boring or cut things out of your life or sacrifices to convenience that maybe you had previously. I think there's a massive opportunity to start new traditions and to start new ways of working with your colleagues or new ways for organisations to work with the communities around them or new ways for families to do things. And I actually was on the phone with my mum last night talking about Christmas and for the first time this year, myself and um, my extended family are going to do a secret Santa because whilst we love the gifts we get from everyone, do we need them? We don't really need those gifts. So actually, therefore, how do we make that process of secret Santa receiving that one gift from a family member more of our tradition? And how do you make it more special and teach the next generation? That's how we, we do things now. And it's a really nice opportunity actually to create new ways of doing things within families, friendship groups. And within my friendship group, we've done clothes swapping parties. So I think those shared experiences has massive potential down from personal relationships up to organisations wide as well. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'd really echo that. I think it's a really important point that you've made so well that it can have such a massive impact, even down to a lot of people 
will think about changing their diets because somebody in their household has. So it suddenly becomes an option that's available to them because they can speak to somebody about it and there's watching somebody else do it. I certainly noticed in my friendship group, but five years ago, one person was vegetarian and now half of them are, as it kind of, uh, it just got passed on from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. And then it becomes a social norm that that's just how we do things or it's accepted that it's not weird at least to do that because normal people are doing it. So just like with your secret Santa, it might seem strange for the first year and then becomes just what you do and totally normal for everybody. Amazing. Thank you, Sarah. And just thank you both for your time today. And apologies as well to the audience for having two Sarahs on a podcast. Hopefully it hasn't been too confusing. If you're interested or inspired in anything we've spoken about, all things employee engagement, motivation, knowledge sharing in the sustainability space, please do reach out. We love to talk about this stuff and just really appreciate your time listening today and your time talking to me today, Sarah and Sam. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Simply Sustainability podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information, please contact us at sustainability at claricis.com. <laughs>